0: Hello everyone, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina, welcome to The Grim Curriculum. May has been a very busy month for the true crime community. It really was. (laughs) So,
1: first of all, uh, Josh Duggar was finally sentenced. Yeah. They measured his sentence in months, so he got 151 months, which ends up being around 12 and a half years.
0: For those of you are who are lucky enough not to know who this human sack of garbage is, we're going to fill you in.
1: So Josh Duggar and his family found fame when the show 19 Kids and Counting became a TLC hit. Ugh. Their show focused on the Duggar family and their many children. The family came across as incredibly wholesome on TV.
0: Oh, you know, wholesome, religious. I think we all know the type. Just good old folks. Yeah.
1: Long story short, in 2015, the show was actually cancelled due to shocking allegations made by four of Josh Duggar's sisters, as well as a former babysitter. They all claimed to have been molested by Josh at some point. And it turns out that the authorities had actually been investigating him as early as 2006.
0: And honestly, if you want to know more about this case, we highly suggest listening to the Duggar Family series on Some Place Underneath, which is a podcast um, that is absolutely fabulous. Phenomenal. On, on Spotify and all the other places. We're obviously like not sponsored or anything, but like they're our heroes. We just love them. We love them a lot. But they did a really amazing job. They did a whole series on it, and it's, it's a difficult topic. Topic and it's just, they again killed it.
1: It's hard to listen to, but it's just one of those important things to be aware of. Absolutely. So, anyways, around this time, the Ashley Madison leaks happened. Oh, and for those scandals. of you who don't know, Ashley Madison was the name of a site that people used to find people to have affairs with. So, it's super garbage. Uh, their users were all exposed when the leak happened. And guess who was on the list? He eventually announced that he had a pornography addiction, and he sought
0: treatment. So overall, we're not going to get super deep into it just because it's not our topic today, but it is a wormhole. And uh, in 2021, he was finally arrested. This time, the authorities, unfortunately, found CP on a computer that he shared with someone else. Uh, The images found on his computer were some of the most revolting shit you could imagine, like Pee-wee Gaskins, level of evil, impossible, yeah, awful.
1: We were both really curious to see where this trial went. Uh, The prosecutors, they were originally looking for 20 years. They got 12, which honestly, it's not nearly enough. no. No. He is someone who deserves the absolute worst things, and that's not something that either of us say lightly. No,
0: and I mean, like, we, there's definitely people out there that deserve some horrible things, but you know what? We'll leave that up to karma to deal with. Um, We know this podcast tends to cover some older crimes, but people like him are just i mean they're just proof that evil still walks among us absolutely
1: and on a lighter note actually this is next this is still about murder but it's one <laughs> of those stories that is just bonkers and we had to share it with you
0: yeah this is some big news i think it's gonna shock you, you guys ready for this
1: the woman who wrote the book how to murder your husband
0: was found guilty of murdering her husband yep so this happened last month in portland oregon a self-published author named Nancy Crampton Brophy, 71 years old, was found guilty of second-degree murder after fatally shooting her husband, Daniel Brophy.
1: Her how-to covers various different options for killing someone and getting away with it. I guess she's normally a romance writer, and we just wanted to start share the uh, start of the book with all of you right now.
0: So it goes on to say... As a romance suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder and consequently about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. And let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange isn't my color. Ugh. <laughs>
1: Like, what? Go look up this woman. Just, um, I don't even know. Honestly, so she still claims that she's innocent. She says that her husband was actually killed in a botched robbery, Mm. uh, despite the fact that police confirmed that she owned the exact type of gun that was used to kill him. Uh, she's going to be appealing the conviction, and uh, we're going to keep you posted on that one.
0: What a time to be alive. But anyway, the, all that aside, we're let's get into today's episode. This is a really special one for a few different reasons. Yeah, for starters, this is our 10th episode. Not
1: only that, this is a topic we've been eager to cover since before we even recorded our first yes, episode.
0: Yes, we've been saving it for a special day. We were like, this is a big one, yep. and we need to, like... It's gotta be kind of a milestone, so here we are. Today's case has
1: a little bit of everything. The events that we're gonna be talking about today occurred 100 years ago this year, on March 31st, 1922, in Germany.
0: And this case gets pretty horrifying, so we wanted to make sure that we covered it to the best of our ability, so we've decided to split it up into a few different parts.
1: Are you ready? Are you excited? Are you worried? You probably should be. Today we are covering the unsolved, Kaifek Murders. It's a
0: truly unbelievable story and um, we think it's one that has to be told.
1: As the story goes on March 31st 1922 the Gruber family and their maid were found brutally slaughtered on the Hinter Kaifek farm that they all lived on. The family reported many strange occurrences on the property in the months leading up to that fateful night. The killer or killers were never caught.
0: The aftermath of the case, including the discovery, investigation, use of clairvoyance, and the fact that the heads of every single victim went missing and never were found again, make this an absolutely unforgettable story filled with twists, turns, and nightmare fuel.
1: Before we get into the actual murders, we want to talk about who the Gruber family was and why, even before the murders happened, they were the subjects of some pretty wild town gossip there is a lot of information to cover here and that's why we're going to be covering this story in multiple parts
0: and i will say i grew up in a pretty small fairly redneck town and like these guys have nothing on the like gossip and stuff that flies around so yeah let's just dive right in
1: let's go not a ton is known about the history of the farm However, German archives were able to provide us with a little bit of information. We do know that the farm was originally built in the 1860s on vast Bavarian farmland, and it actually sounded like a really beautiful place.
0: It was located less than a mile away from the town of Grobern and the town of Kaifek.
1: Yes, and for those of you interested, Hinter means behind in German, so the name of the farm simply meant behind Kaifek. Understanding the layout of the house
0: will help you understand the story more, so let's get into that. So the farm itself was pretty simple. It was, or rather it consisted of one large L-shaped building that housed the machinery, barn and living area. There was also a smaller second building, or rather a second smaller building that served as a tool shed. The rest of the farm consisted of dense forests. It was incredibly isolated from the surrounding areas. We
1: were able to find a farm layout that we translated from some German archives. Uh, The main door of the house led to the kitchen. However, due to the water pipe construction, it was not usable. So there were actually literally like big pipes over the door. Um, The family instead used the courtyard entrance as the main entry point to the house. And three more doors led off of the kitchen to the southwest of the house where the maids room was located.
0: From the northeast of the kitchen you could enter the feed kitchen for the animals from the southeast was a narrow hallway that led to the family bedrooms
1: the farm consisted of a stable and the walls of the stable separated into a feeding alley and some stalls as well as a long feeding trough the barn was divided into sections for many different animals that the gruber family would raise the barn branched off into a small annex that held some motors as well as equipment to power their machines
0: All of the machines and their carriages were stored in the machine house. Makes sense. The barn also had an attic and this is very important to take note of. The attic was not a full continuous attic and was not completely separated as a structure. That means that you could easily go from the barn to the living area. There was also some storage space for various grains as well as a small room with a bed, drawer, and a smokehouse uh, by the fireplace.
1: The courtyard on the property had a basement under it, where the family stored large quantities of food.
0: The property even had a bakery, which they used as a laundry area, and apparently that was pretty common during this time. The farm was
1: also supplied with water from its own well, Overall, the farm was very, very well established, especially considering the time.
0: We don't actually know what kind of things the Gruber family mostly grew on their farm, but we do know that they had a large amount of various crops as well as livestock. They lived a fairly comfortable life. All things considered, they had a pretty good setup on the farm. They had a lot of commodities that a lot of folks probably didn't have in 1920s Germany.
1: And we do want to mention, too, that we were able to find a really, really amazing post on Reddit A user made like a really detailed to scale diorama of the entire property as well as the inside of the house the inside of the barn like literally everything and it really paints a picture so i definitely recommend taking a look at that if you are more interested in it
0: absolutely because uh
1: understanding how this place was laid out will help you understand the story totally in 1885 the original owner of the farm died and left the farm to his wife Cecilia About a year after the death of her husband, she married Andreas Gruber. He was a hard-working local and she believed that he would not only make a good
0: husband, but that he would be a valuable asset
1: to have on the farm.
0: She was uh, older than him by a fair bit too. He was 63 when they were killed and she was 71. She was a widow with a lot of farmland and it's easy to see why he would have jumped on the opportunity to work the farm with her. Little did she know that unfortunately, Andreas was a man who was prone to violence and he would take it out on her and their future children. Not a lot is known about the Gruber family.
1: Most historical records regarding them before their deaths were either lost or
0: destroyed in World War II, or they simply just didn't exist. What we do know is that they were considered reasonably wealthy. This, this, this drew a lot of attention to the family, who mostly kept to themselves. In 1887, the Gruber family grew when their daughter Victoria was born. What many people don't know is that in the early 1890s, the couple actually had another baby. They named her Sophie, but she died under mysterious circumstances.
1: Some people speculated that she may have died due to Andreas having a violent outburst and hurting her, while many thought she died because of neglect. No one is really sure what happened to Sophie, but we do also need to play devil's advocate here and remind everyone that the mortality rate of children at this time was quite high. She may have died under mysterious circumstances, or maybe she just got sick. Either way, the couple was devastated by this loss.
0: Victoria was considered hardworking, pretty, and people really seemed to like her. She would have two children, also named Cazilia, or Cazilia and Joseph. She had been married to a man named Carl Gabriel, but it was reported that he was killed in action during the First World War in 1914, very shortly after the two wed.
1: Do your best to remember that name. We're going to be talking about him in a future episode. Carl being introduced into the picture changed a lot of things on Hinterkaifeck. Andreas and Cecilia ended up passing the farm down to the young couple, but apparently Andreas didn't want to do this, and he actually refused to step down. He mistreated Carl, and the townsfolk reported that they were hearing screaming matches and violent fights.
0: And considering how rural the farm was, like, this must have been some, like, earth-shattering <laughs> argument. Some very, very angry <laughs> German yeah. screaming. Oh, God. In German, too. Yeah. Carl reported this abuse to a neighbor and told him that the Grubers were so stingy that they would force him to skip meals so that they could save money. Carl eventually ended up returning to his family.
1: Like we mentioned, Carl would reportedly die during the First World War. His body was identified by other soldiers, but it was never returned to his family.
0: Overall, the Gruber family was known to be polite and helpful, but not necessarily friendly. The community would often have group events where everyone would show up and get together and socialize. The Gruber family was always invited but never showed up. They preferred to be isolated and were considered pretty strange by many. They
1: hired employees and they were known for treating them pretty well. They were known to hire folks who others wouldn't and they also were known to lend food and supplies to people in need as long as they could be paid
0: back. The family was a huge source of town gossip mostly due to the rumors regarding Andreas and his daughter, Victoria.
1: It is assumed by many of the townsfolk that the two were engaged in an incestuous relationship and that Andreas was actually the father of little Joseph. We'll be talking more about that as well as other potential men who could have been Joseph's father. At this point, Carl had been dead for a number of years and could not have possibly fathered the child.
0: And the people who thought that didn't just start gossip because they didn't like them, they had full reason to believe that he could have committed such heinous acts towards his daughter.
1: In fact, in 1915, both Andreas and Victoria were convicted of incest. She served one month in jail and Andreas was incarcerated for a year. This combined with Andreas's bad temper and overall rudeness didn't make them many friends.
0: Which is, like, she was quite young at the time of this happening, from what I remember, and it's, like, she still got jail time, even though, you know, like, he was clearly abusing her.
1: It's pretty gross, yeah, and I mean, I'm, like, they knew, the the townsfolk knew that it was wrong, and they knew that it wasn't okay, and the fact that they kind of still chose to blame... I mean, the victim here is...
0: Totally. I think it speaks a lot. It, and it, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it's just kind of par for the course for the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying that makes it right, but it is what it is. Uh, shortly after the death of her husband, Carl, Victoria was approached by a neighbor, a man named Lorenz Schlittenbauer. He was also a widower. He was well off, well liked, and overall seemed to be a great man for her to marry.
1: Andreas heard this and he absolutely freaked out. He chased Lorenz off the property with a scythe and it is reported that he locked Victoria in a closet as punishment.
0: Lorenz Schlittenbauer remained uh, friendly with the family despite all of this drama. His name will come up again later too.
1: The family attempted to move on from all of this, but shortly after Joseph was born, the entire family and their new maid would be slaughtered on the farm. In order to understand how or why something like this could have possibly happened, we need to go back a little bit.
0: Six months before the murders, the Gruber family lost their longtime maid. She had spent months complaining to Andreas about strange things happening. She claimed that she could often hear strange tapping sounds in the attic and that it would come from inside the walls as well as disembodied voices. She also said that she constantly felt like someone was watching her or that she was being watched by something.
1: Out of all the people living in the house, it is likely that the maid was the one who spent the most time in the main part. She also spent a fair bit of her time alone.
0: She eventually started to hear footsteps as well, and she was certain that there was someone or something there. Despite the fact he had not yet noticed anything, Andreas still went and checked out the attic. He didn't see or hear anything that caused him any concern. The
1: maid continued to make these claims for several weeks, and began saying that she was now hearing the sounds at night as well. At this point, she was not handling things well and was convinced that there was something there. She
0: believed this so much that she told them she refused to spend another night at the house. She said that during the day she constantly felt like she was being watched, and at night she couldn't sleep because of the footsteps, the voices, and the tapping in the walls.
1: Like we mentioned, she had worked as their maid for a very long time. The family was not only quite attached to her, but they relied on her in a lot of ways. The loss of their maid caused a lot of extra stress and work on the farm for the family.
0: It would take the Gruber family six months to find their replacement for the maid. They hired a 44-year-old woman named Maria Baumgartner. Let's talk about what happened during those six months. Things seemed to be pretty uneventful for the most part. That being said, the family was now under much more pressure in regards to their overall workload, so maybe things stopped happening or maybe they were just too busy to notice.
1: Either way, the quiet on the farm would not last. Eventually, Andreas admitted that he had begun to hear the same strange noises the maid claimed to have heard. He shared this with the rest of the family, and they began to hear strange things too.
0: They searched the entire property, and at this point, they found nothing out of the ordinary, and this led to a lot of tension between the family members. They were all stressed out, paranoid, and overall just having a really bad time with the entire situation.
1: Not to mention that on top of all of this, they're extremely overworked. But honestly, they didn't have the time for all of this, so they kind of just tried to move on with their lives at this point.
0: Unfortunately, that didn't last long. Soon enough, things started to happen that they couldn't help but notice. Things were getting worse. Not only was the frequency of the sounds increasing, things started to go missing.
1: One day, Andreas lost his house keys. They only had two sets of keys, and when questioned, not a single family knew where they were. This only convinced the family more that something very strange was happening on Hinterkaifeck farm.
0: One evening, little Cecilia went missing. The entire family was in a panic over the loss of the little girl. Again, the property was surrounded by dense forest and she was raised to understand the dangers that it held. She was not one normally to run off or get lost playing in the forest.
1: The family eventually found her wandering around extremely disoriented and exhausted. She claimed to have no memory of how she got out of the house and no clue where she was. She was unable to explain what happened, despite the family questioning her heavily.
0: So when they brought her back to the house, they just found a strange newspaper sitting on the table.
1: Let's take a second to talk about this newspaper. We're talking about a rural German farmstead in the 1920s. They saw this newspaper and they knew right away that it wasn't from that area and that no one they knew would possibly have a subscription to it.
0: And I also feel like with the farm being as rural as it was, I doubt they would have had like a paper boy come in every day. A newspaper is something that they would have probably picked up if they made like a trip into town or something like that. And I believe the paper was
1: from Munich, so if you look at where your Groburn, the nearest town is, then you're looking at about an hour and a half of driving according to Google Maps. So taking into consideration that it would have been substantially longer of a trip for them in the 1920s, it was pretty unlikely that someone would just happen to have a newspaper from there.
0: So soon after, the family discovered that someone had tried to break into their shed. So someone had very clearly tried to hack at the lock with a large instrument, and they had left behind several large gashes.
1: Now remember how isolated this area is. The family would have been present on the property whenever this happened, and they didn't understand how someone could have done this without them hearing anything
0: or without their dogs alerting them, especially considering the amount of damage that was done to the shed. And all of this kind of happened throughout the winter. The strange occurrences continued on into the spring. One morning, Andreas woke up first. There had been a huge spring snowstorm the night before, but what he found put him into full-blown terror.
1: He opened the door to his house, and he saw footprints leading right into the doorway he was standing in. He followed these footsteps to see where they had come from and was shocked to find that they had come from all the way in the forest, which was a long
0: ways away. The most horrifying thing was that there were no footprints leading out of the house anywhere. He woke his entire family
1: up, and he questioned them about the tracks. He asked if anyone had seen or heard anything, and no one could provide him with an answer. Andreas couldn't figure out where the person was who left the footprints.
0: He continued to search both the house and the entire property, but found nothing. At this point, the entire family is terrified. And to be fair, I would be probably shitting my pants. Oh my god. Like... I would not have been able to sleep in a place where I thought someone could have been watching me from a crack in the wall. Like, what a freaking terrifying thought. Like, straight up nightmare fuel. Like, absolutely. And this person, whoever they were, obviously was being creepy just by being in their house. They knew
1: what they were doing. But they
0: were for sure messing with this oh, family. Oh, yeah. Like, they left the newspaper out on the table that they knew they would find, and I just had this, like, image of the person, like, instead of the person walking from the forest to the house, they were already in the house and walked backwards into the forest. Just Just,
1: some (laughs) German guy in the snow just walking slowly backwards.
0: Into the forest, just to mess with this family. Oh, but picture that, because that's terrifying, too. Dude, I'm picturing, like, this is Bavaria, so it's very, like, mountain, very forest, so I'm imagining a little german person in their lederhosen like oh oh," going back
1: and that's the murderer did you solve it because that's even scarier (laughs) (laughs) there's no good way to do this it's all horrible awful honestly like it's just this is this is the part of the story so far because it's gonna get worse don't worry but this is really for me where it's just like this is bad things are going to be bad. And the worst part is, is that Andreas, he claimed to have followed them into the forest to see where they had come
0: from. But he said that he followed them kind of as far as he could. And eventually they just vanished. So at this point, he searched the entire property multiple times. He's gone into the forest following these footprints, still doesn't have any answers as to the freaky shenanigans going on. So he decides that he's going to share what is going on, and so he goes over to their neighbor, and that's Lorenz Schlittenbauer. And you know what I thought about this was, like, for how um, isolated and
1: quiet they were and for how little they talked to other people, this kind of shows how big of a deal it was to him that for he didn't him like Lorenz, out, yes. chased the guy off with a scythe, and now he's coming back and being, I would say, quite vulnerable to him and saying that there's scary stuff happening and I don't know what's going on. And,
0: like, I could imagine rural bavaria in the 1920s i can imagine that people were very suspicious or Mm -hmm. or, sorry not suspicious superstitious oh yeah so like i could see them i mean we we don't know their exact thoughts obviously because it was such a long time ago and there's not much for records he's suspicious and he's superstitious totally (laughs) and i could see them being like yeah for sure we are we got ghosts like we can't find any evidence all this strange stuff is happening like we're haunted i would think that now just honestly, Like, though. I would be horrified. Totally. But he
1: told Lorenz about the sounds that his family had been hearing, as well as the, the strange things that he had found. He shared with him that the maid had even quit over all of this and that he was becoming scared for the safety of his family.
0: Lorenz was also pretty confused by all of this and didn't really know what to think of the entire situation, but he did offer Andreas an extra rifle so that he had something to protect his family with. Andreas did decline the offer and then he returned back to Hinterkaifeck.
1: I wish I knew why he declined the offer.
0: I mean, again, Bavaria, rural... He probably had a gun. I would imagine you had at least a shotgun in those days. But yeah, I wonder why he did decline it. I'm,
1: I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing to note is that a school friend of Cecilia's had claimed that she told them that her mother had fled the farm a few nights prior due to a fight that had broken out between her and somebody else on the farm and that she had been found in the forest. We aren't sure how accurate this is, but if it's true, it tells us that multiple people knew that something was very wrong at Hinterkaifeck Farm.
0: And all of that happened in the six-month span after their first maid left, and that brings us to March 31st, 1922, where only hours after she had arrived, Maria Baumgartner would be brutally murdered along with the entire Gruber family. And that is where we will pick up next week. Ooh, we got you on a cliffhanger, huh? big old
1: cliffhanger. Like we said earlier, there is so much information to cover here,
0: and we really wanted to make sure we didn't leave anything out. Next week, we're going to cover the murder of the Gruber family, along with their poor maid, Maria, as well as the chilling discovery of the crime scene.
1: Not to mention the horrifying evidence that someone was not only on the property for days leading up to the murders, but that whoever it was, actually lived on the property afterwards and took care of it for days.
0: So, like, safe to say, we have a lot to cover next week. Things are going to get pretty gruesome. Like, th- we've kind of set the scene for you. We've we've let up, we're building the tension, but next week is where it's really going to get gruesome. So, uh, bring your blankies, and uh, we hope you're going to be able to sleep after hearing about all this. If your walls start tapping, just leave. I mean... Move out. Go. It seems like common sense, but like... Some people don't take it that way. so make sure you don't miss out on all the Grim curriculum news by following us on Instagram at the Grimm curriculum and Grim curriculum on Twitter you can also find us
1: on social media I'm Dina V on Twitch Dina VIG on Instagram and Dina V tweets on Twitter and I'm ominous underscore walrus on Twitter and ominous walrus on Instagram and just a friendly reminder that every Saturday at 12 p.m MST we release a new episode and we do a hangout on YouTube where we do a live premiere yay yeah. So come along and listen live. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum.